Hello and welcome. You are listening to the teaching ministry of Coastal Oaks Church in Rockport, Texas. It is our hope that you will be encouraged and that your desire to follow Jesus Christ will be challenged and strengthened as you listen to this podcast. For more information on location, service times, and what to expect on your next visit, go to coastaloakschurch.org. Now, grab your Bible and study along with us as you listen. I I believe God never tires of hearing His people praise His name. He never tires of hearing His name. One of the best things you can do is just call God by His name and all those multiple names in Scripture. Speaking of God, let's open His Word this morning, all right? And let's not just talk about His name, let's talk about His Word We're going to start in Psalm 119, if you'd like to open in that passage. A few years back, a Gallup poll said that 82% of Americans believe that the Bible is the Word of God. 50% of those who said that said they only read the Bible about monthly. And of those, one half could not even name the four Gospels. Half of those people didn't even know who had written the Sermon on the Mount, yet they claimed to read the Bible at least once a month. I want us to start off 2012, we do this almost every year, with a challenge for us as a congregation, as individuals, to get into the Word of God. Now, this is not a sermon on how to study your Bible, all right? So some of you are already ready. It's about the Bible. We're going to get into this. This is a study on how to read the Bible, a reminder of how important it is to just have a steady diet of the Word of God in your life. The Bible says in Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. What a great statement that the Word of God makes about itself, that God says about His Word. Psalm 119, the psalm that is all about the Word of God. God says, God, your says to us, my word to you, it's a lamp, it's a light, it's to be your guide. So let's look at some Bible reading 101, all right? The first thing we need to do is have an appreciation for the Bible. We need to have an appreciation. If you're taking notes, that's your first blank. Look with me at 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 and 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I need to have an appreciation for the Bible. Listen to what God's word says about itself. All scripture, all scripture, as one guy said from the table of contents to maps, all scripture, that is a joke, all right? All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. We need to have an appreciation for the word of God. The first thing is to understand what the Bible says about itself. It is inspired. So letter A, it is inspired by God. The Bible says here, all scripture is inspired by God. That literally says all scripture is God-breathed. It's not inspired by God like Shakespeare or inspired by God like, a, like a, a great song that you may hear and say, well, that, that's inspired. It is inspired by God himself. He breathed life into his word. It is God-breathed, inspired. It's a special book. 66 books in the Bible, the 39 Old Testament books and 27 in the New, 40 different writers. Somebody said, how many authors of the Bible? Well, I like to say it this way. There were 40 different writers, but one author. God himself penned the word of God, inspiring These individual writers by the Holy Spirit to write the Word of God. Over a period of 1,500 years, 
all written together in three languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, comes together. But there's a single cohesive message from the beginning to the end. From Genesis chapter 1 to the end of Revelation, nothing contradicts itself. It may look like it sometime to you, but God does not contradict himself in his word. It is consistent. I want you to think of the miracle of the word of God. Of all those years and all those writers from all those different backgrounds, shepherds, prophets, priests, soldiers, fishermen, and the list goes on and on, to be inspired by God to write the words that God gave them, moving in their, their spirit, using their personality to communicate the truth, and it all fits together. It is God-breathed. It's been translated in over 2,000 languages. It is still the best-selling book of all time, the Bible, God's Word. I need to approach it with an appreciation that God inspired this for me. Secondly, it's useful. Paul writes here, it's, in, it's inspired by God, and it is profitable or useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. This is not just something that I'm going to read and say, yeah, that was good. It is something that God wants to use to get into my life. Wayne Cordero, I like what he says. He says, my goal should not be to study the Bible, but rather for the Bible to study me. As I get in the word of God, it's not so I can gain all this information. It's so that God can take the truth of who he is and what his plan is for my life and his plan for eternity and get it inside of me. It is useful. It's for training, rebuking, correcting. It, it's useful. Don't just approach it as I'm going to read my verses today and check my mark off in my box. Say, God, I'm, I'm coming to your word with a, with a desire to know it, which takes me to number two. I need to have an appreciation for the Bible, but I have to have the right approach to reading the Bible. Number two, I need to have the right approach to reading the Bible. Look with me at 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse 2. Listen to this description of, of a, a, an analogy of a newborn infant, and let's apply it to our approach to the Word of God. Like newborn infants, desire the pure spiritual milk so that you may grow by it. For your salvation, since you have tasted that the Lord is good. Look at that analogy. They're like a newborn babe approaching the, the, the truth of God's word, spiritual truth. Let's say three things about that, all right? My attitude. I have to be like a newborn. What's a newborn focus on? One thing. They just want nourishment. They just go for it. It's very simple with a newborn baby, isn't it? There's not a lot of stuff in their life that they have to worry about. Just feed me. Feed me and change me, right? I love the first part, but that's what babies do. That's what they do. T take your approach to the word of God with the right attitude. God, I'm, I'm coming to your word like a newborn. This is all I need. This is all I need. That's it. Secondly, I need to approach the word of God with the right appetite, my appetite. He says here, uh, uh, Peter writes here, like newborn infants, desire the pure spiritual milk or crave it. It's to be something I crave. A few years back, I went on a low-fat diet. That wasn't supposed to be funny, but I can just say. <laughs> and I decided I was going to cut fat out of, my, out of my diet. Oh, my goodness. I might as well call it a no-flavor diet, right? And I cannot tell you, once I was in that diet for a few weeks, I craved a Whataburger with double meat, double cheese. I craved it. I want you to know I thought about it all the time. I bought the Boca burgers, the veggie burgers, you know, and I, I put all the seasonings on those. Have you ever had one of those things? 
I put all the stuff I could and I put, I tried, this is going to be my hamburger, it's low fat, and it tasted like cardboard, that's right, Jim. I craved a burger, and I've gone off that diet since, <laughs> those of you who know me. That's the way I'm to approach the Word of God. Like a newborn infant, this is all I need, but also with this craving, I've got to have it. And then I have to approach the Bible with this proper aim. Let her see my aim has to be this. Look at, again, it's 1 Peter 2, verse 2. So that you may grow by it. So that you may grow by it for your salvation. In other words, so that I can grow spiritually, I am to come to the word of God so that I can grow. Howard Hendricks says it's not, it doesn't say so that you may know information, but so that you may grow. I like that. I am so passionate about telling the people of God you do not study this or read this so you can get more information so that you can describe what Daniel was talking about or what John was talking about in the Revelation or when the end times are all going to come so you can have all this information so you can do all your study so that you can say, I know, I know, I know. We're to study the word of God with this proper aim so that I may grow. That's so important. So number three, if we're going to Read the Bible like we should. We need to have a proven procedure. So number three, I need to use a proven procedure as I study the Word of God. And I'm going to give you these. This is, this is what has worked over the years with not just me, but with many, many people. Number one is pray. Pray. Psalm 119, verse 18. I pray it every Sunday morning. A little bit different translation here. Psalm 119, verse 18. Open my eyes so that I may contemplate wonderful things from your instruction. When I come to the word of God, I have to say, first of all, I have to pray that God would open my eyes, the eyes of my heart. I have to pray. God, speak to my heart. Whatever prayer you want to pray, however you want to word it, God, here I am. I'm with you. Whether it's opening a book like this or on your Kindle or your computer or your phone, whatever, and you open up the word of God, say, God, here I am. I'm coming before you and I want you to speak to my heart. Pray, open my eyes so I can see truth. Secondly, I need to be open. See, it's not enough to pray, God, I want to be open. I have to be open. First of all, I need to be open to God. Be open to God. Listen to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 34. Is anybody else turning to that page? Anyone who listens to me is happy, watching at my doors every day, waiting by the posts of my doorway. For the one who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. The, the, the writer of Proverbs writing about the truth of the word of God, wisdom that comes from the word. And, and the Bible says about itself, whoever looks for me, whoever watches for me is like a person watching by the doorway. That word watches there means to be alert, to be awake. Some, tr some translations use that word to be sleepless, to be like, a, like an armed sentry, not able to go to sleep because it's your opportunity to stand up and watch tonight while everybody else snores. If you're camping, you get to watch the fire. 
If you're in the military, you get to watch the gate. That's that word here, to watch, watch it. That means to be open to God. God, I'm going to go to your word with this, this openness. I'm going to stand by the gate of your word, Lord, so that I can hear from you. I have to be open to God. Do you know that you can read the Bible and not be open to God? People do it every day all over the world. They read the Bible. They read it for literature. They may even read it in a church service, but they don't want to know what God has to say to them in his word. They just read it. You've got to be open to him. To know him intimately. To watch him daily. Nancy mentioned her daily quiet time. To say, God, here I am. Lord Jesus, I'm ready daily to be open to God. Are you open to God in your life? Are you open as you read his word to what he wants to say to you? But you need to not just only be open to God, you need to be open to change. You need to be open to change. Number two, listen to Romans chapter 8. As Paul writes about God using all things together for those who are called according to his purpose, he says this, For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image or the likeness of his Son that we would be the firstborn among many brothers. God wants to take his word and use it to change me. I need to be open to change. I need, I need to be like clay in the hands of the potter, as Jeremiah gave that, that, God gave that picture through Jeremiah. God, here I am, I'm listening to you, I'm open to you, and you can change me. How many of you, like me, are not wild about change? Just not spiritually, but just in a general, you don't like change. I like routine, I like things that are the same, this, this one worship service of Sundays messed me up because I was in a routine, and it's changing now. Some of us aren't open to change. Some of us approach the Word of God, and we're not open to change. We have to say, God, here I am. I'm open to you. I'm open for you to change me. Boy, what kind of an answer do you think God wants to give to that prayer? God, I'm listening. God, change me. You have to be open. Or C, let her see. As you approach the word of God, I, I pray, I'm open, and I need to ask questions. Ask questions of the word. Remember, we're not talking about an in-depth Bible study. We're just talking about going, reading through the scripture, a chapter a day or several passages a day. Ask yourselves questions. What does that passage say about God? What does it say about the Holy Spirit? What does it say about God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit? What does it say about God? Is there a, is there a promise there that I need to claim? Is there a principle I need to apply to my life? Is there something that I need to confess? Is there a prayer that I need to pray? Just as you read it, ask yourself those questions. Because God wants to take his word off the pages of scripture and implant it in our heart. Letter D, and I think this is so important. Focus on one thing that stands out. As you read scripture, I'm not talking about where you take two verses and you really jump into those and spend hours. I'm, I'm talking about as you read a chapter of the Bible and you're, and you're reading through the Bible. Focus on one thing that stands out, a word, a phrase, a thought. I was reading Zechariah this week and it's never jumped out to me of, of how God is such a righteous God, but at the same time, as he's telling them about his judgment, he's also showing them about his grace. And I just wrote that down. God, I'm, I'm in awe, I, as the choir sang, Powerful, omnipotent, excellent, and at the same time, a God of grace and mercy and faithfulness. And just jot it down. You say, well, that's all I wrote. I got one thing that I'm just going to focus on today. Again, you don't have to raise your hand, but I will. How many of you have trouble focusing on more than one thing at a time? Yeah. Me. 
I, I just one thing. And then, there, well, Pastor, there's a whole lot of good stuff in that chapter. You just read John chapter 3. I know, but that's the one thing that jumped out. Just jot it down. Just look for one thing and write it down. Letter E, apply what is clear. Apply what is clear and trust God with the rest. This is so important. You can get so bogged down with your questions about stuff in Scripture that doesn't make sense to you that you can miss application of the one clear thing that God gives you. Do you know that most of us aren't applying half of what we know, maybe a fourth of what we know, and yet we're still wanting more information about God? And God says, man, I've given you some basics. Apply that. Just apply the truth to your life. What's clear? Don't struggle. Some of us aren't applying what we already know and asking God to show us more. Just start with what you know. And as God reminds you in his word, apply it. Billy Graham said his ministry took off when he finally said, God, I'm going to trust you with all those things I don't understand in your word. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to believe what's clear and I'm going to trust you with the rest. Can't we do that? I'm a simple guy. Take what you know, what's clear. I've had people argue stuff with me. And, and, and want answers to stuff in Scripture, and I'm thinking, man, you don't need to worry about that stuff. You need to work on this attitude or this relationship or this sin in your life and not all that stuff. One thing that's clear, Vince Lombardi, what did he say? Gentlemen, this is a football. Just take that one thing that's basic and start there. And number four, if I'm going to go through the Word properly, I need to have a plan for reading the Bible. Have a plan for reading the Bible. It's that simple. This is, this is not the way to read the Bible. Okay, God, I need help. There is no end, it says here. That's not what I need to hear. I need to have a systematic plan that takes me through the Word of God. Now, I'm going to share with you two simple plans. They're out there by the information booth. The first one is green. It's green for a reason. That's green. You may not be able to tell that, but it's green. That's, that's green to remind you I'm good to go. I'm ready to read every word of the Bible this year. I don't need a baby steps. I don't need summary. I just, I'm going to go day one, January 1 today. I'm going to start right there, Genesis 1 and Matthew 1. That's a Bible reading plan that we've had for years. If you want to read through the whole Bible, grab one of those green plans. Pick it up and say, I'm going to start today. What a lot of people do is they read the Old Testament passage in the morning and the New Testament passage in the evening. It kind of breaks it up a little bit. Or you can read them both together. And you just go through January 1, January 2nd. That's the entire Bible. If you want to read through the whole Bible, grab one of those green sheets of paper and let that be your guide. Now, there's another one out there. It's yellow. That's yellow to say, whoa. That's caution. I'm not quite ready to say, I'm going to read every word of the Bible this year. I need to start where I am. And maybe you want to do this. It's a guided tour of the Bible. I love this. I love this plan. It's 80-something days, or I can't remember which one this is, 100-something days. But this one, you don't have to read it all, but this kind of walks you through. Genesis 1, the book of beginnings. It just works you through. It skips on down, and you skip some chapters and go to chapter 8, chapter 19. just takes you through some key events of the Bible. It's an overview. And you may take the whole year to do that. It's not going to be so intense that you're reading all of the Bible. You're just talking about starting where you are now you say well pastor that's even more than I've got time for I'd encourage you to go to Psalm 119 this is where I started as a new Christian do you know that Psalm 119 has a paragraph for every letter in the Hebrew alphabet there are 22 sections in there and you could take one a day 
And the whole Psalm 119 is about the Bible. Wouldn't that be great to say, well, I'm not ready to take on one of those Bible reading plans, but I'm just going to start in Psalm 119, and I'm going to read that over and over and over. It get, gets the Word of God into your life. See, before it can get into you, you need to get into it. Simple. Now, simple application today. By the way, this is really doable. I, I took the number of pages in this little uh, hand-sized Bible that I have, and there are 1,516 pages in there. And I divided it out by 365. Do you know that if I read four pages a day in here, I'll get through the Bible in a year? That's pretty doable, isn't it? My other Bible, my other thin line that's a little bigger than this, there's only 1,100-something pages. It's just a little over three pages a day, and I'll, I'll be through the Bible in a year. Can we do that? How, how much of a difference would be accomplished in our lives individually and through this congregation if this year we committed to read the Word of God as a congregation? That's what I'm asking you to do today. Pretty simple, isn't it? Pretty simple. Let's bow our heads together.